0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle United 3, Sheffield United 0. Newcastle United's biggest win of the season in the first. Of Newcastle United's uh, lockdown games behind closed doors in James's Park. You've got Alex Hurst, Andy Bolland, and Mark Cowley to talk you through what was a, a really, really positive, fantastic date in James's Park. We're all absolutely buzzing. We're going to talk through the game, who played well, what went our way, how big the win is, and also the experience of watching football like we have. No crowd at St James's Park. It was really weird, really strange, but all that to come later in the show. First of all, Bolland, I'll start with you. Did you see that one coming, mate?
2: Absolutely, not really, um, judging just by the other games that have been played so far in the Premier League, they've all been sort of low intensity affairs, not much has happened in them, not being masses of goals, I don't think really um apart from the Manchester City game they've even, so we've kind of torn up everything everyone thought they knew about these games by Newcastle turning up and demolishing a team that were were their fifth at the start of today. Sevens, certainly like, certainly in the mix Which is uh, on the fr- or At least on the edges of Challenger of Champions League Places and knock- knocking free Past them So no Totally didn't see it coming I thought Newcastle Might be one of those teams That would capitulate Without the crowd being around I thought just, It's just a classic Newcastle thing to do um, But the total opposite Seven So thoroughly delighted With the result And the way they played
1: Definitely I totally agree And we're going to get right into how it happened, but just the fact that we've been without football for so long, like you say, I've watched the other games, not, you know, Villa Sheffield wasn't a classic, there have been several games that have been quite touchy, but to be fair, that game, right from the start, was fairly open, there were chances, you know, you know, well, we had chances in the first half, I'm not sure so much about them, Carly. you know, does this see us safe for you now, is this now 38 points, can you really see any of the bottom three catching from you?
3: Um, absolutely not before I mean for today I said we're safe we needed probably one more win if you look now we're 11 points clear um, of the bottom three and can you really see the likes of them getting what three wins and a couple of, absolutely not um, 100% it's safe um, so happy football is, is back the same Balling just on, on you there when we have for the first half we've seen a lot of the games it's not been great for, for the neutral and it's been very slow um, I mean at half time, we were saying kind of the same thing, and say like second half's kind of come alive a bit, in, in some of the games. But never any expected that. But now the points were are on thirty eight points, and look at the fixtures we've got going forward. We can finally kind of look up now. Um, I mean, if you look at the table now, what two points off? Two points off Arsenal, man. Um, oh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But but yeah, hundred percent we're safe now. Um, we can relax a bit as well. So yeah. Happy days
1: eh? And, and it has to be said that we, many people thought in Castle were, were going to go down this season, favourite to relegation, and whatever we think of Steve Bruce, some of us, on the job he's done, and he will be buzzing and he will let everyone know, because even before the game he was saying he felt comments about his job were disrespectful about the takeover. Um, didn't mind talking about the job when he was Sheffield Wednesday manager, <laughs> in great detail, but 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 for him to get the 38 points from, how many of have played 30 games? Yeah, good game, that right, yeah. that's a decent points total you know if we, if we maintain that points per game yeah. we'll have a really good end of the season and I'm now really looking forward to Wednesday I was looking forward to today but with a little bit of apprehension because we started the season so badly we talked about the this in the Pat- uh, the, the preview podcast on Patreon about how we started so badly and didn't win it until October would it be the same now and to be fair even though Sheffield United kind of had the, the better of the, the opening 10 or 15 minutes you know, I thought we played really well today, and and we'll, we'll get into it right now. In fact, but I thought we deserved to win that game, regardless of the red card. Button, would you agree, or do you, th- do you think it's, it was too close to call until that point?
2: Oh, I think, I think definitely, as you say, the first or sort of ten, fifteen minutes, it was mainly them. But as the game went on, we grew into it, and I thought. Ben was giving Shelby some stick before, but I thought he had quite a game and actually the sort of lower intensity of the game, which is I think that was pretty obvious. Like the players got a bit more time on the ball than they possibly would have done before lockdown. I thought that really suited Shelby and I thought he sort of dictated the game to some degree. I thought Alan St. Maxman as well um had a bit more time on the ball than possibly possibly would have done before as well. And I think that suited us in the, the type of player we've got quite significantly. Um
1: so sorry, I've forgotten the question now. <laughs> <laughs> you just you're just so buzzing. Just yeah. so buzzing with a 3-0 win. You know, that's I, I, I thought we had the better of it, and I thought St Maximan, like you say, was so dangerous. Um he was he was a constant thorn in Sheffield United's side. Bruce swapped Richie and St Maximan about halfway through the first half to try and make something happen. Um I'm just trying to think back to the, the first half. I can't, you know, I don't think Dubravka's had to make a save, has he, in the whole game? Um, which you know, Sheffield United they don't score loads, but like 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 you know, like people keep saying, we have just hammered a team who had only previously, previously lost at Anfield and at the Etihad Stadium. That ain't bad, is it? They've got they've been at plenty of other Premier League grounds and not managed to get beat. And we've just dismantled them there. Really, in the first half, you had Joe Linton. I mean, we'll, we'll get it in Joe Linton in a bit, but you know the the reaction to tell you about Joe Linton is me, Bolland and Cowley here we'd watch the game in my back garden social distancing in place as is this podcast as we'll pass the phone from uh, two meters to each other um but yeah we watch it in the garden and when Joe linton did what he did in the first half with that chance, it was just an eruption of laughter it wasn't anger it wasn't like for fuck's sake it was just like yeah man and i thought it was a really bold call by bruce to start him. I thought gail or mudo had to start or even carol you know pre-lockdown Joe Linton had basically been talking about by Bruce as not being a centre forward. Uh, He played him on the left in one of the games. I think Burnley played him on the left, played Gale up front. Uh, He brought him in against West Brom and played him up front there uh, and then dropped him again for the Southampton win. So, you know, to to bring him back in, for him to get a goal, to beat Sheffield United, to, to get, you know, there were some really good performances there. Matt Ritchie was superb. Just a really, really positive day and obviously the red card changes everything but I still think Newcastle United were a better better team up until that point The one we were the ones creating chances we were the ones having shots on goal we were the ones working their goalkeeper and uh, and yeah it was a, a bit of a f- fortunate moment Cowley but you know some, sometimes you get them you know just like in
3: Southampton that's two games in a row now we've played 10 men yeah um, once upon a time we were saying how we never played against 10 men uh, um, a team now went down to 10 10 men but yeah it's happened twice in a row now but um i think in terms of defense this year he's gonna be the only defender who's actually having nightmares about joe linton um i'm sure um but yeah i mean going on what you said about i think it was a bit too close to go in terms of there wasn't really any real chances chef united keep it i mean did have a couple more saves to make so there was no real chances in the game but um i think i think one of the things i said this week was would Cheffein had benefit from playing the game um one game before us, but absolutely not. Um they are known this year for how defensively um how well they are, don't give away chances, how solid they are, but today I've never seen so many like misplaced passes and in the first half we just we didn't capitalise as much as we wanted to, but second half we would completely did that. Um did Joel did well in terms of Getting obviously two well two yards should have been a straight red, um, but to, to make that make that error in the end. So, but yeah, we did play all right. But I think in terms of the red card, like changed change a lot at the end of the day.
1: And obviously, I mean Joe Linton produced that red card by himself almost. First of all, he kicks off at him for no reason, and the referee he could have just easily let that go between the two of them and gives them both the yellow card. And then, like you say, Joe Linton again. Gets away, well, he's running side by side and for some reason Egan decides to pull him back. If I'm John Egan there, let him through, mate. Yeah. Let him through. There's, there's a good <laughs> chance he won't score.
3: <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> so, so Joe Linton's an interesting one to talk to for that point because he produces that red card almost single-handedly. First by kicking off at Egan in the first half for seemingly nothing. And I thought the ref, like the commentator said, just like just let them play on, like, you know, neither really did nothing, but, but they both got yellow cards, and then Joe Litton gets away from Egan, or runs side by side from him, and again, you know what, he he does actually physically dominate him there, that should have been Egan's ball, Egan's header, and Joe Litton does what he do, hasn't done all season, and that's put himself about, and make, make a nuisance of himself, and he, and he gets away, and I don't know why Egan bothers to, to pull him back, because I would just be thinking, let him through, he won't score, as we saw in the first half, but you know what, like, this is this is the really positive thing here, and we haven't even talked about the goal yet. Joe Linton there has massively influenced a game in the Premier League in a positive way. He hasn't done that all season in any game. Hasn't even done it in the League Cup games. FA um, I mean, Cup well, spares, spares away. Yeah, spares away. It was a bit of a different season that practically now, nearly a year ago. Um, but he's he's influenced the game there before even scoring a goal in a massively positive way, and that's just got to do so you know so much for his confidence because that that chance in the first half, like we said, was just comedic. It was so bad he didn't know what to say and you know I kind of thought pre-game that picking Joe Linton was a massive mistake but I've been proved wrong because he's influenced the game there really positively and then he scored a really really good goal where he's he's doing the type of things you expect a centre forward to do laying it off and then running into the box to get on the end of it and good ball by Almiron just you know so many positives to come from today I know one of them um, you're keen to talk about Bond is Matt Ritchie as well someone who been injured for a lot of the season. People have thought, you know, too slow. Would he get back in the side in an attacking position? Should be playing left-back, but prove today that he's an integral at the side.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I love Matt Ritchie. I've always loved my Ritchie. He's just, he's just such a little radgy, isn't he? I mean, today, I think, obviously, a lot of the stuff went down Maxman's side, and uh, Richie, we, we, we were saying, actually wasn't that heavily involved in the game, but, I mean, what what a contribution, uh, an assist and a goal. Um You've got to wonder what Sheffield United would probably be doing for both of those. But that's what you, you need. You need players to come up with those big moments. And Matt Ritchie tends to do it for us more often than not when we need him in, in big, important games. And today was quite a big, important game. I mean, Brighton winning yesterday, Watford drawing. You know, he, the more nervous of us, would be looking over our shoulder a little bit going, well, we've still got nine games and we're only eight points ahead of the drop zone. But he's come up trumps for us again today. And he's, he's Mr. Dependable for me. I mean, I think Dean Henderson... I'd love to see it again, but he, he barely moves for the shot. I don't know whether Richie's just smacked it so hard. all that pent-up lockdown frustration just unleashed on that ball and it's just gone flying in, but um, and I mean obviously Danny Rose's run on the outside, which the commentator seemed to think was, was a massive influence on the goal. Um, but I just thought he, I thought when he, when he was on the ball he didn't really give it away. Um, I don't know if I just thought he was, I just thought he was cracking today. I'm a big fan
1: and that's not even discussed in the first goal where he was he was integral great little touch from the throw in to take it past the man kind of thought it was really weird he, he didn't play in on I think beside him he put a ball in which just seemed innocuous but clearly Matt Ritchie knew yeah
2: that, that ball he's played for the first one I mean is it Egan who's missed the ball as no. well as, oh, as Stevens wasn't it Um you know, it was a comedy, comedy error from him. But also, that's exactly the kind of ball that you want your winger to be playing. Like, you've got a gamble on that. It would just goes straight through across the penalty spot, doesn't it? Which is the exact part of the box that you want balls being played on. And you hope, you know, for a bit of luck like that, where Stevens is just... I don't know what's going on with that team that Sheffield United team I mean they've built up so much momentum prior to lockdown you can imagine they're firing all cylinders and so the atmosphere they must have around the club and lockdown's probably happened at like the worst possible moment for them it's a bit like one of those daft water breaks like it's just killed their momentum hasn't it and it seems that what was quite an average bunch of players doing exceptionally well have just all like forgotten how to how to keep going and um but yeah, to my point, that kind of crosses exactly what you want from your from your wingers, and it's something that I think possibly at times through the season, you know, you don't haven't really had that from Almiron when he's played on the left. You don't get those kind of balls. So um yeah, just smart wing play from Richie as well.
1: Smart wing play, a hilarious goal on many levels. Um, you know, Stevens has got time to take a touch, to trap the ball. Keeper should be just in time, there's no massive issue, and then so Maxi man, you know, get, does what he needs to do, gets a shot on target with pace, and the keeper kicks it in. It was, you know, it's just one of those days, isn't it? The sun, the sun is now shining outside. We watched the game as I said in my garden, and we got absolutely soaked because it pissed it down. And that's one of the weird things about it. as mean, well will talk about it now. Watching the games like this, I mean, it's the first time I've watched a Premier League game at St James's Park on the TV in many a year because I'm normally at the ground. Um, but we, I mean, we're in Killingworth here, but. 4 5 miles from the ground and absolutely pissed it down seems to, like I don't know whether it ra- like it looked like must have rained at the ground but for stevens to miss it like that and then the keeper just it just seemed to take them by surprise like both of them and and you know i, I kind of i don't want to get too hung up on the luck narrative but that was a bit lucky for for us <laughs> um but I thought I thought we kind of we just we deserved it. And that there was after that first 10 10-15-minute spell, Sheffield United had where they dominated possession, dominated the the kind of um, territory in the game, and, and played in our half. I Thought we were the better team, and you know I think Almiron's really unlucky not to get a penalty in the first half. Matt Ritchie's had a good chance. Joe Linton's had a great opportunity in the first half to score. Just I just thought we were were better than them today. Which you know it's the total opposite of the game at their place when we won two 0 and got battered but Dubravka's kept it in the game whereas today apart from Billy Sharp's um header at 1-0 I think um where he should have scored we've absolutely we've absolutely bested them and you know Carrie looking looking across that starting 11 do you think he needs to stick with the same team on Wednesday
3: like is this our strongest team now as proved by today um yeah i, I think so looking at what we've, today i mean um the big thing was in terms of will he start Joel Linton or not and he scored um, hopefully that goes on to give him a bit of confidence going forward like I say he's, would he do it without a crowd um, would that make him a, well uh, that confidence came not people have him on his back but hopefully um, I mean we're not expecting too much of him but I think he's got got a start in terms of the biggest biggest surprise is probably Richie starting today on in the right position and a kind of change of um, Maximan. I think it worked it worked really well today, and I think going forward, I think um, I think he's he's got to got to keep that going for Almiron. Is he best behind the striker? He had a few good runs today. He obviously set up the goal. He, he did play well, um, but I don't know if that's his. I, I do some of the times I, I like him on the right because he does get involved a bit more in that in the game where sometimes you just seem to be out of the game a bit bit less, but it, can he form a bit of a partnership with Joel Linton going forward? Maybe. Um, going the midfield-wise, I think Hayden and Shelby, yes, I think that's, that is a partnership. Bentaleb, he's obviously got a bit more time now with it, kind of in the squad and obviously coming in January, but at the end of the day, he's not going to be there for the long term. Um, so, yeah, and, and defensively, I think um, Mankio, played game played well um, in Rose like they say give him massive credit for the second goal but defensively I think like I say we're solid today we didn't give them we didn't give him any chances today so I think from that team going forward yeah um, it deserved to start go out against Villa on, on Wednesday I, I couldn't see that any, any changes really need to be made from, from that to be honest it's quite ironic isn't it that we've played this horrific formation all season
1: even though the manager has been slagging it off and saying they can't play any other way we will go to four at the back. And since we've gone to four at the back, we haven't conceded a goal. Clean sheet against Burnley. Clean sheet against Southampton. And clean sheet today. And we're actually unbeaten at home since the Everton defeat uh, on New Year's Day. Have we only lost two home games this season? I think so. Against Arsenal and um, Everton. 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 Yeah. So it's, it's, it's actually St James's Park. It has become a bit of a fortress, even with no fans there today which stands within in really good stead for Wednesday. I mean, two 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 more home games to come in a week, you know, um, Villa and then the massive game against Man City, which, you know, if you'd asked me before the kickoff today if we've got any chance, I'd say no. But, you know, the, the, the form of some maximans in, you just think he can he can take on anyone.
2: The thing about him is, you know, I said it before, the pace of the game is almost a bit pre-season and Sheffield were quite sluggish on the ball and getting around the pitch. If there's one player on the pitch who was like the total opposite of that, and was just like, hasn't hasn't missed a beat since the lockdown. It was maximum. I thought he was fantastic. He just the way he just glided past players. And we've seen it all season long that he can do it. But today it was just like, it looked even more effortless than previously. Like it wasn't even hard for him. He was just gliding gliding past people at will. There was one moment, I think, where he's... He's gone the second half, he's he's played the ball directly across the box and I think Almoron's had quite a weak shot on it and he was just like the, the ease with which he just accelerated and ran past um I'm not sure who the Sheffield United fullback was, it could have been Stevens again. Um it was just ridiculous and I thought he was just a cut above everybody else that was on the pitch today. I think he's just he was just phenomenal and he just as I say, hasn't missed a beat at all through lockdown. Well
1: two goals in two games and that's the thing that was always gonna be he was missing from his performances earlier in the season, was goals, so he was playing very well, and we are hugely reliant on him. But now, you know, two six points um, in two games, pretty much off the back of his goals. You know, even even if the club is taken over, it's, it, might, it might be be hard if he keeps this form to keep hold of him for too long because he's just he's just playing a different game with a lot of. He's the sort, Players.
2: Of, sort of player as well after not playing football regularly for three months that you just wouldn't want to come up against as well. Like, <laughs> just going to keep running at you relentlessly. Like, it just be giving people nightmares just thinking about playing again. He's a bit like Traoré when he came up against Wolves the other night. It's like it's the exact player when you're not at full fitness that you just don't want to play against. And I think that's going to be massive for us in the games coming up. Just
3: just, just keeping him fit is massive. Like I say, when has he not? When, when we won, um won the season that he's heavily influenced them Them games really and we haven't really done well without him so um, that's that's the thing He did we were saying bring him off now bring him off now as soon as he kind of went 2-0 up just because the game was killed and just to keep him because we don't want to say getting him an injury but as you said right Bolland like he just this lockdown hasn't kind of seemed so far not affected him in that game He just kind of seemed come from the Southampton game to this game just the, the same player and like I say he just has so much influence and like I say is it it keep going at that it'll be very hard to keep him because I'm sure there'll be a lot of clubs looking at him
1: Aye definitely and there, there there is something about this side now which if you're Villa looking at that considering that you know Sheffield United Villa wasn't a classic but Sheff, Sheffield United scored and weren't awarded the goal and you know I don't think anyone would have complained too much of Sheffield United to win that game Villa have got to be looking at us now thinking shit we're going to have to do something special here to to get a good result here and there, there are aspects of the side like it's so weird isn't it because everyone's kicking off at the minute about how Steve Bruce's mates in the media are basically saying he's done a tremendous job who was it pre was it Jimmy Redknapp saying he, he could be manager of the season pre-game was it I don't know if it was Redknapp so either Merson or Redknapp or someone was saying he could be manager of the season which is just hilarious when you think about how bad Newcastle have been for much of the season but having said that this just gives a totally different complexion and everything. Um, such a good win, such a convincing win. Players, like you say, Richie, so Maximan, Almiron, even Joe Linton, Shelby. I thought Hayden was brilliant today. And being...
2: One of the things I've said all season is our centre midfield has been so weak in games. And I thought today him and him and Hayden were fantastic.
1: And, and they were up against three centre midfielders. So they were outnumbered, people pre-game thinking they are going to get overrun. And I thought they ran the game. I thought Hayden was excellent in midfield. There just seems to be a, like, a real positive, And I don't know if it's because of the takeover stuff. Just, I'm a lot more positive now after the day about the, the direction that the club is going in. Um, you know, Carly, how's it how has it been for you this in this kind of new world of, of, of football consumption? Does, you know it was
3: was there a massive difference for you today watching Newcastle compared to the other teams? Um, I mean, since obviously the. Premier League came back I I watched a bit of Bundesliga. but it's just obviously not the same and you're not really into it but as as soon as the Premier League started trying to get as much intake of of football really I'm missing out on on, over the last few months but um, it is just a strange one really obviously um, to be honest with myself I haven't been to too many games this season Um, one because of kind of Steve Bruce and two uh, I do play football as well but um, it was just Really strange watching it um, obviously with no crowd, but um, it's the way of going forward. If it seems like we do all right with no crowd, to be honest. So um, maybe we don't want the fans back, but um, maybe Joe Linton's saying that. But but yeah, it's, I say it's it's really good to, to, to be back, really. And like I say, that, that performance today, um, going forward, it's good that with this, the Villa game, is only around the corner, really. Um, I think we've said it, it's a bit like the championship where you you play that game on the weekend and then another game comes through like on the wedding Tuesday Wednesday so it's getting kind of like that so it's we only got a few days to prepare but um we've prepared in the I suppose, best possible way today and now hopefully um see what if Villa get well Villa are playing right now but Villa get beat so um but yeah so it's i say it's not too long to wait in the momentum from this game Um but the thing is that we said before we have very much confidence but we've got to think the last two games we, we have played against 10 men um, in both of these games where that's been the changing moment in, in this this game so we need to think about that as well so um, I, no, I know what you mean and that's what,
1: it's hard isn't it because I want to give the lads loads of credit today there's been so many bad days following Newcastle not just this season but for the past however many years that when a decent day you win 3-0 at home against a good side you, you can only be positive and you can only be happy You know, against Southampton, I'll I'll throw Burnley in there a little bit. And today, and I appreciate two of those games were nearly four months ago. We've just created loads of chances against Southampton, even before they went down to 10 men. We had a lot of chances. We had a lot of chances today. We had chances in the first half, 11 against 11, and then, you know, 10 against 11, we've had even more chances. And that's just what this side's been missing all season. We've been. I would. I said we've been all right defensively, particularly at home. There's been some shockers out there, and Martin Dubravka's, you know, made those stats look better than they are probably. But we've hardly created chances. Even in games we've won, we've scored our only goal. Chances we've had like one shot on target, like Sheffield United away, two shots on target, two goals. We beat Crystal Palace at home with like our only chance of the game. Today we just felt a little bit different. Just felt a little bit. I don't know, a little bit more f- open, a little bit more, like confident. I don't know. It, it seems like that, that week, drawing with Burnley, beating West Brom, beating Southampton, almost, you know, and I was at the, at Palace before the Burnley game. It was just like a new team. Like There was confidence in that team today. They're playing some decent football. I don't know, and, and, and this is the thing, Bollands, because you've been fairly kind to Bruce, I think, all season. You haven't been in the kind of like the massive Steve Bruce out camp like some of the rest of us. Oh, not output you know not thinking he wasn't doing a good job but I have to, I have to say a day to, to come back and out you know I was worried about some of the comments he made about Steve uh, about fitness it kind of felt like there were being some excuses almost prepared in advance but you know what again 38 points from 30 games it's it's a it, it's a position that few thought we could dream of being in
2: yeah I think well, I said this a couple of weeks ago to so you didn't know I think for Steve Bruce, he's had a good season, and I think you know, whatever happens with this takeover, and I, you know if it happens, I suspect that he'll be, you know, let go. And for him, he's rebuilt his reputation. I think there'll be a lot of clubs looking at him now, not so much of his joke as when he first came to us. Um, and for him, he's had a good season. You know, he, he, he'll he'll tell you he's had he's had bad teams that have struggled in the Premier League, and this will be one of his better seasons, I imagine, in terms of you know the number of points he's got and what he took over as well. I mean. He, I'd say just about everyone else I know who supports Newcastle didn't didn't want him, and I probably include myself in that. Didn't want him to have the job, and m- most people weren't prepared to give him give him a shot. And he, to a large degree, he has proven people wrong. Like as you say, thirty eight points from thirty games. All right, we've had some awful performances, and we've had fair bit of luck in there. But you know, the facts are that he's the points total is pretty good, and we've got eight games left to go. We're in a pretty good. Being a form at the minute, as you say, the players look confident. We're scoring goals, we're creating chances. Um, I think he can hold his head, high, his head high at the end of the season. You know, provided any major disasters like an eight-game losing streak, I think he can he can walk. Probably end up walking away, pretty happy with the job he's done. Um,
1: Carly, do you fear that uh, if he wins like six of his last nine games or something? do you fear him keeping the job full-time? Would you be happy with that? Would you think, you know what, if he if he gets us to like 50 points or something like that in a top 10 finish, would you think, t- assuming the takeover goes through,
3: you know what, he's earned the chance or would you, are you are you like, nah, let's get a proper manager? <laughs> no, let's get a proper manager. Um, I've always kind of sided, sided with Si when he's made a comment. It's not as much as like Sy saying you get like minus three points this season, but um, it's it's weird because like, you look at how much to like from where we were, like I know it's saying three months ago but before Southampton game what were 32 points and and some of the performance and we hadn't been like uh, what well you say a table never lied it kind of does because we've had so much even the day like of the positive campaign, performance is a bit, a bit different but we still got a massive amount of luck and how bad like Sheffield United were at some point of that game but like we we do need. I mean, the owners are not. They're going to come in with their own but They're not. They're not going to stick around. There's no, Deep Bruce is never going to be there for the long term. Um, in terms of like the football the style of football that I will want to play, the attraction of, of getting new players in. Like, he, like you say, he's, he's done better in terms of looking at the points um, that we've we've got this season, and he can see obviously. I'm in the quarter final cup again. That lies because we took two League One teams to. To, to replays and that, but um, at the end of the day, we do need a proper manager. I was saying before, even like if we had a takeover happened, even in lockdown, with to, to bring there's, there's opportunity there to bring in a manager. Like why keep why keep deep? People say he's the only right to do them games, but there's no, point because we're not. At the end of the day, we're getting a proper manager in going forward um, this season. If we have heavily, I mean, if you look at it, I know we said there's a number of pods, but like in terms of what's deep Bristol coming improved this season. There's not many players have have improved under him, Debravka. Yeah. Kep, kept kept mo- kept busy really, that's that's the kind of thing. So if you look at the stats, we're, we're bottom of bottom them all really. Um so yeah, to Dan's simply, it's a new manager.
2: Yeah, it's just, like there's no question. I think he'd have to win the. F- he'd probably have to win the FA Cup and finish in the top seven for anyone <laughs> even consider that he had a remote chance of keeping keeping the job off and with danger of going down a, a Steve Bruce podcast. route here, but I think taking the context, you know, when the situation he took over as well, Newcastle United, love a meltdown, and Rafa Benitez leaving in the circumstances he did due to our lovely owner. I think he, he's done well just to hold things together to just not have a massive collapse. If you look at what happened after the whole Keegan saga about 10 years ago and there's just absolute meltdown the club went straight down, I think a lot of people were worried that could have been the situation again after Rafa went. And I think, you know, just for... His remit was keepers in the Premier League and then it's turned into keepers in the Premier League and hope this takeover goes through because I've said this before, if we'd been languishing in the bottom three, like 10 points from safety, like Norwich are now, there's no chance that these these people would be interested in buying the club because then you're buying a Championship football club. So deserves credit for that.
3: Just to quick one on that. I was watching like what happened Norwich the other day and just thinking from the second game of the season where we were and how we got like after we hammered from Norwich and what we thought that the season was going to turn out to where Norwich are now. And I suppose you just give a bit of credit in terms of how we were at that point um, and, and keeping the players inside. I think that was the biggest thing for some of the players who played in the Rafa and and. Um, have seen the tactics and then come to Bruce but the players seem to be like I say they are playing for him at the end of the day but let's say, let's, I suppose we're going down a bit of a deep Bruce pod but there we go I mean, it, it, the, the reason we're talking about Steve
1: Bruce is because he is he, the one who himself before the game and I thought it was the wrong time to do it I thought if he'd have made the comments about feeling disrespected by pundits and by fans talking about his job and losing his job if the takeover goes through, if he just said that after beating Sheffield United three 0 people probably take it on board a little bit more. But it, you know, like I said earlier, he's he has moved around clubs relentlessly. No blame on him, by the way. Can't, you know, if I'm Steve Roos in the Sheffield Wednesday managers' gig and home hometown club in the Premier League come along, you're going to jump at it. Don't so blame him for that. But he, he's kind of got this chip in his shoulder. But but back to the day, that's a really good performance, a really good win, biggest win of the season, three clean sheets in a row, unbeaten now in games again yeah there is a four-month gap between those two uh you know a, a, a very beatable Aston Villa who I'd fucking love to beat on Wednesday and try and consign them to relegation um think things are looking up you know the takeover rumbles on there's all sorts of stuff every single day in the media I think we're going to do a show this week for patrons on to try and make sense of a, a few different things that have have gone on and you know life as an Class United fan should be more like today and not kind of looking through World Trade Organization reports and bullshit from BN Sports and Al Jazeera and all this like just utter shite that we're being put through at the minute today makes it all worth it kind of thing and you know there's always another game there's always the next game so you get beat 2-0 on Wednesday and we're sat here calling Bruce a cunt like that's just, that's just how fickle football fans are um whereas today he's he's overseen a, an absolutely tremendous win. Uh three great goals to be honest with you. The first one was great because it was hilarious, the second one's a brilliant strike from from Richie, and the third one great centre forward play from Joe Linton. And I I put on Twitter before the game that even as own manager said he wasn't a centre forward potentially, so why is he picking him a centre forward? Well he had a he had a reasonably ropey first half, but it's it's one of the major positives for me today. And, and to be fair to Joe Linton now, that goals against Oxford's Rochdale in the day. It's better than the first half of the season where he just, like scored against Spurs and then just now for six months. So I bring it on, bring on Wednesday. You know, I was kind of approaching the day with a little bit of trepidation, you know, oh, how will we get on or oh, could I take a draw into Wednesday? And you know what? We've we've batted a a decent team there. And Sheffield United'll be alright. They're not gonna implode, I don't think. I think I think um I think we're beaten by the better team today and it happens type thing and they'll not they'll win more games this season they'll come back in. we are not going to finish in the Champions League now I don't think they ever were really but the fact is you know I think when we beat Sheffield United we went within a few points of them back in December and I think we've closed the gap to six points to them now Bruce should be saying to the lads in there today you're just as good as them in fact you're better than them and you beat them twice this season and you deserve to win today let's go and try and catch them let's you know what I want to say from Bruce now isn't talking down you know this rest of the season or once if we win on Wednesday and we get to 40, 41 points which is pretty much definitely survival isn't it? I mean I think 38's enough now but if we get to 41 points it should be how high can we finish who can we catch not kind of job done people said I wouldn't do this you know there's a few people with red faces now like real opportunity here real opportunity to, to do something quite special this season we've still got um, a lot of the bottom six to play we've got West Ham we've got Bournemouth we've got Watford we've got Brighton all to the play. There's points to be gained there for me. Plus the FA Cup and things all going up, lads. I don't know if anyone wants to come in with any finishing comments. Well,
2: I think just the key thing for all of them now is just Joe Linton, Steve Bruce, and the rest of the squad is just consistency now. Like what we've just seen from Joe Linton, you know, contributing to Egan getting sent off. the The play he had of Almoron leading up to the goal and then the finish was exactly what we need to see from our centre forward. And we've just got to hope that he can keep that going. And I hope you know he can show again against Villa that he's got that bit of confidence. And then likewise, Steve Bruce can he get the tactics consistently right? And I don't, I'm not fool enough to, enough to believe that we're going to go the rest of the season unbeaten. There's going to be hiccups, but more often than not, as you say, we've got games that we can pick points up in, and, and we expect us to get three points, or at least have very strong hope that we get three points. And I think that's just what they need. All they need to focus on now is just delivering those levels consistently for the next eight games. And who knows where we'll end up? Maybe we'll win the FA Cup and finish seven. <laughs>
3: Stranger things have happened, Carly. But just, just to touch on what you said, um I say Fairball fixtures coming up, um, where let's say teams are fighting for the life of support down down the bottom six at the minute. But like what you said, the team on paper today. Look at that Sheffield United team on paper wise. If you, we're, we're better, we've got better players who can cause more danger. if you Look like Almiron, Maximan better. Probably defense on paper as well. So they they are a team who've worked exceptionally well this season. Um, and again, we're looking forward to Villa. And you look at that team there. B M. We're better on paper. Um, they've got a couple of players, especially Grealish, who'll cause a lot. Of, is a danger man, but again, keep him quiet. Um, I'm Sure, hopefully we'll, we'll win that game. Uh, but as you said, these two games, you're probably looking at four points. But it's good that we've we've got that win there, and we can see. Let's see six points at these two games and then going, I suppose, in the FA Cup with a bit of bit of confidence, but um not going to be too optimistic on that one, you know. This has been the True
1: Faith Podcast. Thanks for listening. We're gonna try and get one of these shows out straight after every single game. We're of course on Patreon as well, where we're releasing an extra four to five shows a week. That's seven pounds a month. We've got a tactic show coming up this week. We've got a show on the takeover, we've got previews of both the uh, uh, Villa game and the Man City game so come and join us and if you like this show you could do us a massive favour by giving us a positive review with a comment on Apple Podcasts if that's your platform thank you lads Cowley and Bollins has been a pleasure been a pleasure to watch Newcastle United play today win a game more of that please thanks very much for listening